a deep dive into the seizure of the Alpha Bay and Hansa Darknet marketplaces in a special report coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. Today, the Department of Justice announces the takedown of the dark web market Alpha Bay. This is the largest dark market web place takedown in world history. That's U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions speaking Thursday at the U.S. Department of Justice briefing on the takedown of the Alpha Bay dark web marketplace. An Alpha Bay staff member claimed that this group serviced more than 40,000 illegal vendors, people who sell illegal products, for more than 200,000 customers. The takedown was a culmination of a joint law enforcement effort with U.S. authorities, as well as those from Britain, Canada, France, Lithuania, the Netherlands, and Thailand. The European law enforcement agency, Europol, also took part in the seizure. The seizing of the Alpha Bay site coincided with efforts by Dutch law enforcement to shutter another prominent dark web marketplace known as Hansa. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein describes the ugly activities taking place on these dark net marketplaces. Their alleged criminal conduct includes selling illegal drugs like fentanyl and heroin, as well as stolen fraudulent identification documents and access devices, counterfeit goods, malware and computer hacking tools, firearms and toxic chemicals. Authorities charged the creator and administrator of Alpha Bay, Alexandra Kazaz, who Thai authorities nabbed on July 5th. But the Justice Department says Kazaz apparently committed suicide days later while in Thai custody. Darknet marketplaces use the Tor network that promises anonymity. But as the Darknet takedown shows, that anonymity isn't always guaranteed. Here again is Rosenstein. People using these websites believe that they're going to be anonymous. But this case demonstrates uh, that that is not always true. The takedown of these dark sites could prove to be a game changer as cooperation between domestic and international law enforcement agencies is showing success. That's reflected in acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe's warning to the operators and users of dark net sites that they no longer can hide from law enforcement. And as this level of teamwork and coordination shows, we will go to the ends of the earth to find these people and to stop them. There are some criminals that think of cybercrime as a freebie. They think they'll get away with it because there are too many players in too many countries. They think they'll get away with it because the schemes are too complex and because they operate in the shadows. We are blending traditional investigative techniques and new tools to bring these individuals out of the shadows and into the light. Rob Wainwright is the executive director of Europol, and at the briefing he identified three implications of the takedowns. Firstly, as you've heard, the infrastructure of the underground criminal economy has taken a serious hit, and much, much bigger even than uh, what we saw in 2013 with Silk Road. Secondly, the intelligence that we've yielded, especially through the monitoring of Hansa, has given us a new insight into the criminal activity of the Darknet, including many of its leading figures. We've already distributed through Europol new intelligence leads connected with Darknet uh, to already 37 countries around the world. And finally, of course, as you've already heard, there's a very strong message here uh, to those who engage in criminal activity on the Internet, and the darknet especially, that you're not as safe and you're not as anonymous as you think you are. After our break, we'll hear from Data Breach Today Executive Editor Matthew Schwartz and Senior Malware Analyst at the business risk intelligence firm Flashpoint, Ronnie Tokozowski, will discuss what happens next 
in the dark web after the Alphabay and Hansa takedowns. What is fascinating about this is this was a very coordinated takedown operation. Among the people and vendors who were doing this stuff, it's really going to make them question who they trust. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report. ISMG's Global Summit Series will be taking place at the Marriott Marquis in New York on August 8th and 9th. Learn more about what to do in the wake of WannaCry. Hear from subject matter experts on ransomware, endpoint detection, malware, and more. Visit events.ismg.io and register today. We're back with my ISMG colleague, Data Breach Today, Executive Editor Matthew Schwartz, and Ronnie Tokazowski, Senior Malware Analyst at the business risk intelligence firm Flashpoint. Matt, are the takedowns of the Alphabay and Hansa Darknet marketplaces a game changer? Definitely. A few years back, we would not have seen this. A lot of this is thanks to the work of Europol, which is the EU's law enforcement intelligence agency. It's not just for the EU. The FBI is also a member, as are law enforcement agencies in other countries. They have really responded well to the problem of cybercrime, which crosses borders. Europol and these other law enforcement agencies have been working together. They've been sharing intelligence. They've been coordinating operations, working together to disrupt these marketplaces. This really demonstrates what's possible when governments and especially law enforcement agencies work together. Ronnie? This is really a big deal, and I hope it's going to help facilitate law enforcement in the future. With previous takedowns, we've seen a lot of takedowns that go after the actors and the organizers who usually run the websites or usually run the botnets. This is one of the first cases that we've seen where law enforcement has done a two-step approach. The first step they did was they took Alphabay out, and they didn't say anything about it, and a lot of folks migrated over to Hansa. When they migrated, law enforcement had had access to the Hansa market already, and they were running it. So they were able to see a lot of the vendors, a lot of the users move, make that migration. So they were able to get a lot of the information, the IP addresses, and vendor account information during the activity. Not only were, did they arrest the people who were running it, but they now have the potential to go after the thousands of other accounts who were involved with Alphabay and the Hansa market. Because they didn't just disrupt this site. They disrupted another site first and used it as a honey trap for the people who were buying and selling goods on the darknet. Even with law enforcement's success with the takedowns, some cyber gangs won't be deterred in setting up new darknet marketplaces. After all, there's money to be made in crime. No doubt. Bad guys are going to be looking for other forums that they can go to. The most mature will be using all sorts of techniques to try to disguise their identity. And maybe we'll escape this dragnet. Maybe they will escape the next dragnet. But all it takes is one misstep and police can potentially identify them and chase them down. That's one of the big questions that 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 we've been getting a lot of lately. Once these two websites have been down, where are the sellers and vendors going to go? There's been other markets that people have been looking at, but again, it falls under the same place that when people made a jump to Hansa, they thought they were okay, but they actually had all their information now compromised. So which markets do you trust? Which vendors do you now trust? I really think this one's going to have lasting effects on on the drug market and the illicit trade on the dark web. Ronnie? You bring up trust. When we generally think about the internet and trust, it's about the law-abiding user. Bad guys have trust issues too, right? Exactly. When you look at trust, a lot of them trust digital signatures or things like that, and a lot of our security tools are now built off of that. In the report from the Dutch authorities, they were able to start modifying a lot of that but and still be able to monitor the information that was going back and forth. So they now have thousands of accounts they can go after and send information to, down to local authorities in order to start making arrests. And there have already been arrests from a lot of vendors that have been made. Really going to be interesting to see how the next couple of days, weeks, and months unfold on this. 
You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. RICO is a multinational imaging and electronics company. Its Australian unit has experienced a puzzling data breach. Here is ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk reporting from Sydney. RICO Australia has notified banks, government agencies, universities, and large businesses about a curious data breach that in some cases exposed login credentials for its multifunction devices. It's unclear how the documents, which are called run-up guides, were exposed and indexed by Google's search engine. RICO's apologized and says the leak is under investigation. Most of the documents contain no username or passwords, but a small number exposed LDAP and Active Directory credentials for print configurations. At least two dozen organizations are affected. The overall risk seems slight. Even the most sensitive run-up guides don't have enough information to overcome a larger obstacle. In order to access a MFD inside an organization, an attacker would already need to have network access. But MFDs are attractive targets. There have been proof-of-concept attacks where a MFD was modified to have every document that's scanned sent to an external email address. Troy Hunt, a data breach expert, says the leak is probably just embarrassing for RICO more than anything else. The information isn't as immediately useful as things like publicly exposed backup databases, he says. RICO has since taken down the domain where the documents were stored. But as in many breaches, Google never forgets or has to be forced to forget. Many of the documents still showed up in Google's cache days later, showing the difficulty in reeling back information once exposed to search engine crawlers. Troy Hunt. It's cleaning up from cache. It's, you know, like this is not an easy thing to do. And, and deleting anything off the internet is a little bit like trying to take piss out of a pool, right? But the leak also exposed a RICO practice that some security experts say is questionable. It relates to the management of encryption keys used to scramble data on MFD hard drives. Some of the guides advise administrators to scan a printout of the encryption key and send it to a customized email address that belongs to RICO. Users are also advised to enter the serial number of the MFD in the subject of the email. Encryption keys are closely guarded secrets for obvious reasons. Sending a private key to another party, via email no less, would generally be regarded as a bad idea. Overall, though, while the incident may have just left Rico a little red-faced, it underscores how careful organizations need to be with all of their data. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.